Hi, Rachel. Hi, how's it going? Super, how are you? Good, how was your fourth? You know, um, it was pretty good. It was it was a little hot. I, you know, here in Michigan, right, we complain about it being so cold, and then we complain about it being so hot. So it's true. We wait all winter to complain about the heat. <laughs> That's what we do here in Michigan. But it was, I mean, really, we can It was really a beautiful weekend. It was for any sort of water play, right? It was. It was great. Um, it it's just been a weird year, right? I mean, a lot of the traditional fireworks displays, everything yeah. we kind of look forward to, everything's canceled. So, um, I don't know. It just was an unusual celebration. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like everything else, we're having to get used to very unusual mm-hmm. events, and yeah, it was um, it was nice to be low key though. I, at least for me, I'm not um, a big. A firework person. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big go and fight the crowds. Um, so it was kind of nice just to hang out with the family and just do our own, you know, sparklers and, mm-hmm. you know, little Roman candles and, and then be done and yeah. go sit by the fire again. So it was nice. Yeah, I, for the first time, you know, my son and I, my daughter really is, is not into it. She wants the sparklers for, you know, for her camera feed. But mm-hmm. other than that, she's yeah. not into fireworks. So my son was very excited about it for the first time, setting those off with him. Um, he was pretty into it. And so it was. It was a nice, intimate, relaxed, mm-hmm. chill sort of fourth. Yeah. So. So can you believe it? We are halfway done with 2020. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, no. And I've seen memes right on social media of the of the guy. Have you seen the guy holding no. the cardboard sign that oh, says yes. we're halfway done? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that guy has hilarious. He really. Uh, he really is. He does. Yeah. Um. It's sort of like when you're on the treadmill and you're like, oh my god, I'm 15 minutes. I can. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Can All I right. Do anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In this case. We don't have a choice. Yeah. But we're halfway through. Halfway through. Um, it has been, there's just so many things to talk about, right? Um, so many things have happened. We are, on top of it being an election year, we're obviously um, still battling um, this pandemic. Um, and there's just been so many divisive incredibly um, political topics and, and things that are going on, um, current events that have been going on. It's it's um, it's almost too much sometimes, right? Yeah. No, it's been a very, very overwhelming past six months. I mean, every day feels overwhelming, yep. I think. You know, you want to stay up to date mm-hmm. and in tune and in touch, so you are, tend to stay on social media mm-hmm. and stay connected, but that seems to also be what causes the amount of of anxiety and right. uh, feelings of, of being overwhelmed. So, yeah, it's been a very, very weird six months, but that's what we're going to do this episode is we're going to just take a snapshot and really dive into what the last six months have been for us two in our, in our personal lives. So... Um, yeah, a little bit about tell her, right? Tell her what we have learned in these um, six months. Tell What would we tell her, um, Heidi, in January of 2020, right? When you were 
celebrating um, the Roaring Twenties. I remember back in June, you know, yeah. in December thirty first, we were talking about the Roaring Twenties coming in and this incredible um, sense of optimism, a lot of optimism, you know, some apprehension, obviously, because of the election year and what was yeah. going to transpire. Um, but certainly no, um, no idea, no foreshadowing about the next, you know, six months that we were going to endure. Right? No. And both of us at the end of 2019 had not only separately started a, a new career path, but jointly had started a business as well. Sure. So it was also a very weird time to navigate um, our career paths during this time as well. So I guess we'll just start with what was that like for you? So you started a new job and, and towards the later part of 2019. Yeah. And um, what's it, but that like for, for you? Yeah. Um, so, you know, anytime you start a new position, I think it takes you a good couple months to get your sea legs and understand the organization and understand the dynamics and the personalities. Um, even if you understand the business model, right. um, there are always nuances. So it takes a couple months to kind of dive in and, and get that. And so... Going to 2020, felt pretty confident that I had my brain wrapped around um, the position that I was in, um, and it was still exciting, right? So I was now in financial services, um, and that was a whole new challenge. And you know, part of my personality is kind of tackling new challenges. So I had a lot of optimism going into 2020 about um, things to, you know, things to learn um, and ways I could you know, really grow into this position and help the company grow through my own personal growth. So uh, that's where it started. I would say uh, it took a hard turn, right? Um, like many of us in March of, you know, mid-March. And I guess I would preface this conversation by uh, expressing the fact well, expressing my gratitude for still being employed yeah. um, because many, many, too, way too many um, of our friends, colleagues, um, community members, um, and, you know, uh, Americans and citizens all around the world lost their jobs as a result of this and are suffering um, far greater financial hardship and stress and mental anguish about, you know, the impacts and economic mm -hmm. impact. So I would just preface, you know, that although it's been a struggle, it's nothing like others have endured. Um, so that being said, it has been a challenge um, because the pandemic did upend the whole business model, right? It um, pretty much cut uh, the pipeline, uh, sales pipeline off at the knees. And so not only did it cut the pipeline off at its knees, it, uh, it gave rise to a leadership challenge that I had never faced before, which was a fully remote um, supervision and management, right? How do you motivate others through Zoom? How do you uh, supervise and manage? Um, and I'll be honest with you, I had never really done that in the re remote capacity. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it was, uh, you had to be trusting. <laughs> you had to have a, a greater level of trust. Mm -hmm. You um, had to muster positivity um, when you didn't have it yourself. Um, and be creative, mm -hmm. uh, and and all while managing um, on the back end. And many share this, right? Managing the 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 
real fear that was behind it um, and and the family impact, the personal impact. Yeah. So um, it and it's still, you know, we're not where we are. Right. Um, we're not back where we were. And I, I really don't think that um, we will be for quite some time. So I would say for me, um, <clears throat> The challenge of the leaders, the leader leading in this capacity, mm-hmm. um, has been uh, quite a learning lesson. And so, if I had to tell her, um, Heidi, in January of 2020, um, what I know now, I guess it would be um, <clears throat> that to take a breath <laughs> first. Yeah. Um, and that you don't need 17 Zoom calls with one minute in between. Um, and that if you're not on a Zoom call, doesn't mean you're not still being productive. Because for some reason, yeah. I had that in my head that if I wasn't on a Zoom call or if I wasn't drafting an email, that I wasn't doing my work. Yeah. And I um, and I wasn't holding up my end of the bargain, right? Um, but it affirmed that one, trust... Um, was necessary in the culture and to build a a dynamic, um, a a team dynamic uh, and really have people work efficiently and and loyally for you. um, That requires a level of trust Mm -hmm. um, that I hadn't really seen or or kind of explored and understood before. Um, And and the other thing, like I said, the the positivity, right? I hate to say it, but sometimes it was the fake it till you make it sort of attitude. Um, One foot in front of the other, smiles, right? Because you're the one inspiring a lot um, and you never know what others are dealing with. So I'm going to put, I'm going to trust the people that I'm working with, um, that they are likewise working hard and doing what they need to do for the team and balancing their family dynamic. Um, but I'm also going to do it uh, with a silly unicorn hat on or a smile um, and try to inspire um, them for the day and understand and listen, right? Listen, most importantly, to what they were facing. So so I'm grateful for the challenge. Yeah. Well, it's really, I mean, in a leadership role, when you're leading an organization, it's you know, it's like being good parents of an organization, right? <laughs> yeah. And that in this kind of situation is even more trying because of all the stress and anxiety that you have as just a normal parent, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, of just keeping the household um, intact and keeping the tensions and anxiety down for your own children so that they can maneuver about the world um, not feeling, you know, this level of panic. And that's kind of what you're doing for your employees too, mm-hmm. yep. is you don't want them to feel all of the uncertainty that mm-hmm. the business is feeling um, or that the leaders may be feeling so that they can continue to do their job. They can still fulfill what they need for their, their household and their families. Um, and you can start to build some of that trust that maybe wasn't there mm-hmm. when you were in person. Right. Um, because you just didn't have to think about. It. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you know, and trust when I mean a lot of it had to do with, you know, I can walk through the office at any time of the day and see yeah. people heads down and, you know, doing their work and on the phone and making calls and working hard and diligently. And, um, you know, it's just different, right, when you're working remotely. Um, So uh, 
trust and flexibility, that mm-hmm. understanding. So uh, it's different not owning the company versus leading the company in different yeah. capacity. Um, I, I have to be flexible um, and understanding because that's what society and the circumstances require. Yeah. Um, and that's the only way um, that we are going to come out of this, right, with the same loyalty and culture yeah. that we went in. Right? So um, I have another question that's a little bit, uh, you just mentioned that you know, you're leading the company, but this mm-hmm. isn't, you don't own the company. So um, you, for the listeners that, I don't know if we touched on this before, but Heidi did own a very successful dog grooming and boarding uh, business here and had sold it in 2019. 2019 was a big year of transformation. Mm-hmm. So what do you think that that would have looked like for you? Um, because Heidi always worked full time also, but with running and owning um, multiple businesses. So what would that look like for you if you still owned that business? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I, I look back on that and I'm thankful for the timing of it. Things worked out for me personally, um, but I am very sympathetic to the circumstances that they're currently facing um, a small business owner because I think that this pandemic honestly probably would have um, been the end of that current that business model yeah. um, because we weren't um, it, it just the boarding that we were doing um, was highly dependent was much like a hotel highly yeah. dependent upon that travel piece so um, yeah, I, uh, you know, there are sometimes you're in your life, I think where you're meant to own and own something and lead it and drive it mm-hmm. forward. And there are some times in your life where you don't necessarily need to do that either. Right. right? Yeah. And so I kind of intentionally took the step and the position that I did, um, and ha- don't necessarily have a staff of 15 you know to be responsible for now or um you know being the ones that are signing the bottom the paycheck um Mm -hmm. and um entrepreneurs i think and serial entrepreneurs understand that sometimes that can ebb and flow in your Mm -hmm. career as an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and that's okay yeah right (laughs) um personally you know you need to balance where you're at with um, you know, whether it's starting an idea, advancing an idea, whatever it may be for me last year, it was taking a step back, um, taking a salaried position, learning a new industry, Mm -hmm. figuring out a new challenge, um, and and dialing it back. So, so I'm actually, I'm grateful that I'm not in that role right now and sympathetic to those, um, business owners that are, Mm -hmm. that are, you know, finding and dueling, gritting it out, you know, to, to maintain those businesses during this time. Because yeah, you always have had a, a very full plate. So I couldn't imagine what that would have been like for you yeah. while you were still leading an organization, whatever that you know mm-hmm. would have been, um, and then having to pivot and maneuver and redo yeah. everything about your business model um, for potentially probably half of Right. Half of the revenue because most of your revenue was coming from right. people that traveled and boarded their their animals. So yeah. Right. Well that's an interesting um, transition though because uh, so we have worked together in different capacities when I have been leading kind of in yeah. a in a visionary role yeah. um, and then more of an integrator role that I sit now and I use those terms 
um, fluidly because I'm familiar with them and Rachel mm -hmm. um, is, is very familiar with yes. them yeah. in her current role. So, yeah. um, so tell me, tell me what those are and how yeah. that, um, what that means to you and what you're doing. Yeah. So I kind of opposite of Heidi and I decided to take my entrepreneurial leap in 2019 so which was very um off-brand for, <laughs> for very safe safe rachel very predictable rachel um so yeah eos i am a professional eos uh, implementer uh, my business rmj strategies that is what i do full-time so i work with the leadership teams um, of companies to help implement a complete system of simple tools to help them grow their business and get a handle on their business. EOS stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. We were introduced to EOS when we worked together at the YWCA and we desperately needed a turnaround for that organization in order for it to, quite honestly, still be afloat. Right. We wouldn't still have its doors open if we did not do something and do something quickly. Uh, so that's really where EOS came in. And when we were working with our EOS implementer for two years and really strategizing and our, getting our arms around the vision of the organization, getting us all on the same page, um, and really our big thing is strengthening the six key components of your business, was when I realized that, yes, I'm you know finishing my master's in social work and clinical therapy is a passion of mine and nonprofits is a passion, but that was when I realized that you can have multiple passions you can have you know multiple things you do in your career you can expand and explore different skill sets that you have and you don't have to box yourself in and um, through that process I realized that that was just something I was really good at and I continued to develop those skills when I went on to to another job um, when I worked with Heidi at, a, at another organization and helped you know, build that organization up and provide some structure and, and continuity within that organization as well. And then I decided, you know what, this is, this is time. You know, I, I was watching so many people, and Heidi's a great example of this, that you can go to school to be a lawyer, practice law for a while. Those skills are always with Heidi, though. That's the way her mind works, and it's extremely valuable in so many different aspects as she's going into now financial services or opening her own business. So I needed to see that as an example for me to say, I can open my own business as an EOS implementer, and my therapeutic skills are going to be extremely beneficial in this, and I don't have to stay in this box just because of this certain label. So uh, that was, you know, I kicked that off, um, started kind of dabbling in it once I kind of burned the boats and, and quit that organization um, end of the summer. And then I got really serious about it at end of the year in November and went for like my formal training. Uh, so timing couldn't have been better. <laughs> uh, but I will say though, so I mean, you know, obviously my target market are entrepreneurial companies that are positioned for growth um, or they're in a situation where they really need a turnaround um, and you know there's some some companies that are plummeting unfortunately um, and they this is kind of last-ditch effort most of the organizations are really in positions for 
for growth. But you can imagine right now, people are really tight with their budget. And hiring a EOS implementer is quite an investment. I mean, you're really looking at how you run your company and you are investing your time and energy and money and saying, this isn't working and so I'm we're going to redo this. And this the whole organization is going to get on board and we're going to run this in a different way, but it's a way that we know is proven and we know is going to, to work. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people don't have that freedom right now how did how yeah how did you how how did you cope with this right I mean you had just invested in an incredible amount of resources your time your energy your talent your your treasure into um like like you said jumping into the entrepreneurial space um and then you know the bottom falls out yeah right yeah so I mean, I will say that I uh, was lucky enough to know that 2020 was my year to be really frugal. Um, We knew, me and my husband knew that we were going down to one income because I didn't know if it was going to take me three months to start um, getting clients, six months, nine months. What was that going to look like? Am I going to, is it going to be a slow increase? Is it going to be rapid? Just all of the unknowns. So we had already cut some corners and had already had our mindset that 2020 was just going to be kind of a, a slow year for vacations and all the extras. Um, but <laughs> obviously <laughs> there's the difference between, okay, we know that this year with a buildup because 2020 is going to be fucking awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind oh, of the yeah. mindset. Yeah. Um, I think the hardest part for me was I was just starting to see, um, like what I was describing is like kind of the spider web effect like the ball was starting to roll I could see this person was leading to this person and and um just that traction was starting to to gain and then everything came to a halt so all of my networking everything that I was doing that seemed to be working nobody's doing that anymore so I you know just trying to figure out how um how this was going to work moving forward but to be honest, at the time, I had too much else to deal with. Mm-hmm. I now have kids at home that mm-hmm. aren't going to be going to school and all of that. <laughs> so um, I will say that things are, you know, slowly picking back up. I'm still very optimistic. Um, I know that companies need this more now more than ever. So it's just a matter of me being more diligent, more creative about getting it out there and reaching the organizations in our area that I know need it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. You sound incredibly positive. I think that um, now I think we're in a different mindset in yeah. July than oh, we were, sure. right, first part of April. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you and I cried tears into a glass of wine over oh, a Zoom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, my so what I, would, what I would tell myself in January, specifically around my business and uh, my – quick career move um, for this time is very similar to what take a deep breath it all doesn't have my normal before January February is not going to be my normal now and nor is it for anyone else Mm -hmm. so my biggest downfall is the expectations that I put on myself but Mm -hmm. that's also one of my greatest strengths Um, so I wish I would have allowed myself to just 
be for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody has this fear of failure, and I'm sure a lot of people were feeling like big fat failures mm-hmm. for the last four months. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing has gone right, whether it's parenting, career, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I know now that this is a blip in mm-hmm. time, whether that's, you know, the full year, <laughs> six months, whatever it is, that, you know, I have skills that will land me on my feet. Yeah. Um, and we'll see where it goes. But I think I, I'm actually, it's odd that, you know, going into that training and you ought to spend a good amount of money to, to get into this training and there's a lot of benefits from it, but I think that if I didn't do that, I wonder if I would have just allowed myself to to not commit. Mm-hmm. You know, so the timing was kind of interesting. Like, there's one way of looking at it, like, holy shit, I just spent this much money on this, and now the world feels like it's crumbling. What did I do? But I think it's kept me very focused because I know that I put this much time, energy, and financial resources into this, and damn it, I'm going to make it work. So I, I, it was a, I think it was a blessing in disguise that I, I did that at that time. Yeah. Because for a while I was going in between, am I going to do the November training or February? Mm-hmm. If I would have waited, I probably wouldn't have done the February training. Right. And who knows what that would have looked like. Looked like. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Hindsight. Hindsight. Yeah. And then we became homeschool teachers. Yeah, that was one of my failures. We were speaking <laughs> of failures. Um, I consider that one of one of mine that I had to come to terms with. So Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. I'm not meant to be a teacher. Of right. My own children especially. Yeah, I think um a hundred percent. I we set ourselves up and you see on social media that you know uh, Jane Smith down the way has this incredible calendar and schedule built out for her kids and she's conducting science experiments in the kitchen and you know I'm I'm barely holding on and not yeah. losing my mind um, over the the passwords for the 57 platforms <laughs> yeah. that they have to log into you oh, know so true yeah so it 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 yeah, that was yeah. Uh, a really big kind of come to Jesus moment for me. Oh yeah, yeah, and and my patience with my kid. I mean, yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the patience. Yeah. yeah, and I so I mean I've always appreciated my kids' teachers. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's not just the time that they mm-hmm. spent; it's the way that they teach mm-hmm. that I don't think I put enough um, emphasis on because I I don't get why you don't get that you add one more to five and it equals six right yeah <laughs> why is that so hard uh, uh-huh. one more finger lily one more finger yeah <laughs> and i think it was funny though because as the as the shutdown kind of wore on right like you saw more and more parents that kind of shed that facade of perfection yes. and yeah. shed the like i'm holding it together and you know and we're like being real um that like nope this is crumbling can we just call it like at this point like hopefully I'm not doing any damage right I'm certainly not adding anything to my child's education um so that gave me a little bit of solace towards the end but once I let go of that expectation um I mean, I, I probably midway through was like, you know what? It's not going to be this everyday thing. If I can get a couple hours in, if I can fit mm-hmm. this. I, it, I 
physically felt a weight like mm-hmm. lifted off of my chest when I finally was like, no, this is whatever works for our family, our house right, right now. Right. Um, and the kids were fine and they're doing fine. You right. Know? And they're going to be fine at whatever the school year is going to, to be. Um, but that was the most over, I had to keep sneaking up into my bedroom just for mm-hmm. 10 minutes away. Yeah. Well, and we don't know if it's over, right? Um, We could be heading into it. I know I just read today that Harvard had announced uh, that all of their curriculum is online for the 2021 year. So um, so who knows? Yeah. But certainly a different mindset going into September than we did, or at least I will have one going in. It will look look a lot different than March 19th, yeah. 10th, whatever that dreadful day was, yeah. right? Well, we just start to yeah, <laughs> just start to put things into, into perspective, right? Of like what, and that's across the gamut, whether it's school or just what's really um, important. Like, mm-hmm. is this is this night out important? Mm-hmm. Is this worth me being anxiety ridden for the next week? And if I have COVID, um, are is you know, this purchase really that important because we don't know mm-hmm. what our money situation is going to be like. I mean, it's really put a lot of things into perspective and, um, which I think is probably all those silver linings that mm-hmm. are, because there are a lot of silver linings. I will say there's been a lot of positive things just within my family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of them. It's, 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 it's given us a lot of perspective as to all of the decisions that we've made and how much money we would spend just I mean, nights out, right? Uh, everything. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, what's in, what's at the bottom line? What's most important, right? And we can't do anything without our health, yeah. right? And so, yeah. um, you know, the health of ourselves, the health of our family. Um, ultimately, that's yeah. it. Bottom line: have to be healthy. Yeah, um, absolutely. In order to prosper and and to flourish. So. Yeah. And so how have you been dealing with, um, so six months into this craziness and things are getting crazier mm-hmm. in terms of the way people are handling this. Um, so how, how are you doing with, with all of that? Probably that I feel like is probably the hardest part of it is that it's become hyper political. What much. was a public health crisis, um, and, uh, in the middle of an election year, inevitably it was going to become politicized, but the small things that have become politicized right here in Michigan and many other states, I think 20 plus states were required to wear a mask. Um, and and even that symbol, it's become a symbol, Absolutely. right, yes. of rebellion on one yes. side and respect on another um, and just the division I mean there is no middle ground like I rarely I don't know about you but in conversations there there's just no middle ground you're either you're on one side of the fence or the other so um I think important to me um and even though I have very strong feelings um about the matter is to take a step back necessarily take a step back you can't be um in it arguing about it, making your point, convincing other people, doing the thing all the time, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that mental health is, your mental health um, is of critical importance at this time. Yeah. And so um, I do, I do try to have a balance mm-hmm. because it can be overwhelming. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how you are feeling about... Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. no, I, I'm there now. Okay. Um, I've had a few times where I've spiraled, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, COVID-related things or Black Lives Matter, Yeah. Um, you know, movement, and I've gotten really emotional at people that, and emotional and disappointed at people that I, mm-hmm. um, that have had responses that I just didn't expect, and um, so I, there was a few days Mm-hmm. that it was really hard for me um, to put it away because I felt like that was a part of my privilege too, was that I, true. putting my phone away and putting myself back into my bubble was a privilege of mine. Um, but, so I didn't, <laughs> and that wasn't mm-hmm. helpful. Um, so I'm, I'm finding my balance now, and I also realized that when I was spiraling and I was so heavily emotional, I was not having constructive conversations. Sure. Coming um, from a place of emotion versus... Yeah. it was, And, and I wasn't being rational. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, and, even, and even with people that are like-minded, mm-hmm. I was just very defensive. Um, so I needed to take a step back back and I needed to just still I still watched some really good documentaries I still felt like I was doing some work and educating myself mm-hmm. um, but I needed to be off of social media and needed mm-hmm. to be grounded in facts mm-hmm. and information mm-hmm. and not in people's opinions in 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 an antagonistic way right You're right. I mean, you bring up the Black Lives Matter movement, and I would say, you know, being an ally and being um, an advocate, and it takes work, internal, a lot of self awareness and internal work. Um, uh, And so, posting for me, posting on social media and liking this, and um, I was trying to do a lot of reflection. Yeah. um, First. and ever it's everyone's different journey. For um, sure. So, for sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's it's been incredible. It really has. Um, and that actually has given me a, a lot of hope and optimism. That's been a source of a lot of hope and optimism. As um, difficult, or I mean, as transformational and mm-hmm. as. Uh, horrible uh, there's so many like the, the adjectives you could yeah. you know go down a rabbit hole about what has gone on um uh, but um i think that there is real catalyst and opportunity for change i think so too i think that i mean even the amount of change that has has been done even in the first few weeks mm-hmm. of protesting uh, was huge, incredible, and um, everybody that that showed up should be extremely proud of themselves mm-hmm. for um, being a part of that. Mm-hmm. But we have a very long way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there you know, there's just a, a ton of work to be done, and I'm just so glad that I mean, even in our own community, there's mm-hmm. there's committees being formed. Um, different police forces are are starting to create Black Lives Matter committees. And I mean, like I said, there's a lot of work to be done, but there's some very passionate young people. Well, 
there's a passionate one, young people. And these are conversations that I've never had with other, yeah. other, um, you know, white people. Yeah. Right. There are conversations, um, about what's going on that I have never heard or I've never heard people mention yeah. or anything. So, um, recognizing that we have the work to be done and the burden is yes. on our shoulders now, um, for where we're at. Um, and I think that is an, is an amazing place uh that has started right that's materialized from all of this so a lot of work um but but. i agree we're making so many steps forward and like you said we're there's so many white individuals that are are now finally realizing that um it's it's maybe not appropriate to to go to your mm-hmm. black friend and ask for guidance, right? Right. It's time for us to put in that work, and it's time for us to educate our white friends and to have uncomfortable conversations at Thanksgiving dinner, mm-hmm. and um, and that's difficult. And I and I've been a part of, I've been a part of that, and I've been a part of sitting there silent, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and being uncomfortable and. Um, I think that this has all brought up that issue where you, we just have to, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's dangerous now to not be anti-racist. And so, um, but it's been extremely overwhelming to see other, the other side of the coin too. So yeah, like you said, taking a break, taking a mental health, because I knew for me, I was not being productive, um, in any form when I was not giving myself a break and fueling myself the way I need to be fueled um, in order to come from a place of love and understanding. Um, sanity. Sanity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And willingness to learn. Yeah, I, you know, I was just coming from a place of defensiveness mm-hmm. um, and disgust. Um, right. And I can still feel disgusted, right. um, but I still need to keep, I need to get my shit together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's been a, it's, it's been a crazy six months. Yeah. Um, I, I have no idea what the next, um, I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to get, um, I, I'm not confident that's going to get any easier. No. Um, I think we're in for it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're, we're hopefully getting a little bit better at, in respects to the quarantine and our jobs and things like that in school. We may be in a more, uh, a better mental state to be able to, to handle it possibly, potentially. Um, but I think that as adults, we're always used to planning, you know, plan A, plan B, plan C, and our brains just automatically do that. And we don't even know what next week is going to look like. I mean, we are waiting for our governor's press conference each week to know what's next. So, um, I made a joke on somebody's post today about, well, I hope that doctors are handing out Xanax when Mm -hmm. school comes, you know, for adults, because... Um, it's going to be really hard on these teachers and parents come this fall. It really is. I think more important than ever that we're empathetic towards our neighbors and ourselves and doing the best we can given where we're at. So that's what gives me hope is we see embers of um, the way people are treating one another and recognizing maybe the fallacy of our ways and what this has opened our eyes to. So yeah. It's been a lot, but um, it's been a lot. but it's 
you know, it's cathartic to talk about it. Yeah, right? it is. And it's, it's good to reflect back and say, yeah. well, we made it through. Yeah. And um, it's good to take the moment to see what would we have done differently? What could we do now in the next six months? And I think both of us know we need to just take a deep breath and know that it's, it's going to be fine. We don't have to do 100 things at right. 100 miles per hour. Um, but what we do need to do is keep talking, right? Yes. And keep talking to our friends, keep learning, keep understanding lessons, keep sharing. So that's the whole point of this podcast. Um, yeah. So thanks for the conversation. Yeah, it was fun. It was good to reflect. And we appreciate you guys listening. If you could subscribe or share with your friends, that would be great. If you want to learn more about what we're doing, you can follow us on Instagram at Flint's Futures Female or With You Divorce. And we have some cool episodes coming up with some really exciting guests. And we're going to be getting really vulnerable in the next couple episodes. I don't know if you realize that. Even more so, huh? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we appreciate you guys listening, and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.